By the bone reel is part of the room. How you doing? You are tuned in to the realest chance. How you doing? You doing? Once a champ, always a champ, forever champion. You are listening to the realest champion. Rolling. Well, what do we got over here? How you doing, realest champ podcast? Let me put my Chris Kringles on. These little bifocals here. How lo- how old were you when you stopped believing in Santa Claus? Did it get ruined for you? I believed in Santa Claus. I think until my early teens. Maybe I was twelve. Maybe I was 13. I wanted to believe he was real. I felt like he wasn't. I felt like I was getting tricked in the middle of the night. You know, the, the presents always showed up, though, every year. Shout out my mom and dad holding, uh, holding me under the belief that Santa Claus was real, keeping it alive for me as long as they possibly could. I feel like kids these days are fucked. Like, there's so much shit out there. But then again, my little goddaughter, Ruby May, she believes, and I hope she never sees this. Imagine this was the reason why. She, yeah, listen, we're changing topics, okay? Shout out old Chris Kringle. Uh, we're nowhere near Christmas time, um, but I used to do this thing around town in North Bergen. Uh, we're going to get to North Bergen. Today on the, on the drive here, I highlighted some of, the, some of the route on my Instagram that I take to work each day. And I'll tell you what. We got some major infrastructure issues, Okay. And we got issues of malnutrition in communities that would otherwise be flourishing if it weren't for apartheid spearheaded by political figures who sit at the stratosphere of the political infrastructure that see to the exponential growth of the corporate infrastructure. Or is that conundrum really just the liaison between factions of hierarchy that have endeavors to go beyond parliamentary procedures, proposals, referendums, filibusters, and legalities? I mean, hey, if you want to overindulge your eyes in between the lines of a communist manifesto, go ahead and be a Marxist. We've all been transients at some point or another, and I get excited even talking about it. But figuratively speaking, you got your right and you got your left, and people in positions of power rarely come at you from, you know, a straight angle. They ain't straight shooters. You know, it's, it's acute, it's obtuse, but rarely ever perpendicular. And the art of war, it adheres to these principles. See, propaganda is literal, and it is loud, and it is visual. And the marketing mechanisms by which capitalism thrives on you must understand those mechanisms infiltrate every single nuance of society to what shoes you're wearing to the way you combed your hair to the shirt you have on to the car you're driving more than likely you have been influenced because we as people are products of our environment and if you don't believe that well I ask you to take a trip around the world and see how people act in different places due to different cultural and systemic, uh, you know, environmental upbringings that make people very different as they grow, okay? But that does not necessarily ever mean that you are going to be like your father or like your mother. We know that people in society that, for instance, never drank, never did drugs, had children who got into those things. I mean, hey, look at Joe Biden. Guy's a stand-up individual, went on to become president. Isn't that right? His son seems to have other, you know, things going on in his life. And, hey, who am I to judge? The only judge I like wears pinstripes and hits dangies. Hits 
dangies. And we're not here to get into politics. Quite frankly, my father was a great man and is a great man and an upstanding role model and a fucking model citizen. Quite frankly, I don't know a single human being better than my dad. And I hope that everybody speaks as highly of their father. But this is truth because my dad never drank, never did drugs, never smoked cigarettes. But his father was a gangster who was in jail, right? And I grew up to become a pro wrestler. I'm not like my dad. My dad wasn't like his dad. People aren't necessarily the exact product of their environment per se, in my opinion. But you are molded by society and marketing mechanisms like madmen are all around you at every waking turn. And it's funny, I have a hard drive that has all this old pro wrestling on it, right? And I watch that shit all the time. And all the commercials are still on that shit. When you watch these commercials, they are trying to sell you a bill of goods. And it is unbelievable to see what society knew then versus what they know now and how that adversely affected the way we as a society evolved. Men and women were sold a bill of goods. And I'll give you an example. Evander fucking Holyfield, Emmett Smith, all these incredible athletes taking the bag. Who doesn't want the money? If they give you the money, you take the fucking money, right? Got milk? Do you got milk, kids? Okay, because I'm watching these commercials back from when I was a child, now as an adult. And when I watch them, they have kids out here fooled into thinking as much milk as you drink, you're going to be as jacked and as brolic, and you're going to be an athlete, and you're going to be more testosterone-driven and more masculine because the greatest athletes in the world have milk mustaches in a marketing campaign, do you got milk? But what do we know about this homogenized product now? We know about whole milk and how terrible it is for you, especially as a youth and a young pubescent teenage boy getting estrogen in their body, a lot of estrogen, through milk. We know this now to be a fact, but they knew this shit back then. You think they didn't know? Of course they fucking knew, okay? Of course they knew. Pump you up with sugar, you know, Gatorade. Here you go, kids. The best athletes in the world, Michael Jordan, drinking Gatorade. You're just pounding down. 50, 60 grams of sugar per drink, right? They knew. Sugar is an addictive product. It is literally a drug, okay? And it causes you to get diabetes. And when you get that, you are going to need more drugs from the same people who own the pills that they give you for diabetes, the medicine they give you for diabetes are the same people who owned the products that they were selling you that made you... Look, you go to McDonald's when you see the flashing lights on the highway, it's known that red and gold are marketing mechanisms to attract your eyes, and these colors get you, right? And they make you pull off the highway, and you go through the drive through and then you get right off the highway, and then you see a Walgreens, and you stop there, and you get... Advil for your inflammation or Tylenol because you're fucking inflamed because you just ate shit food. And the same people own this shit. The corporations, the same people who own AutoZone and Best Buy and fucking major, you know, th this is 
a corporate-driven system, the media marketing, and we see the adverse effects it has on society all the time. But when I was a kid, they got me by the bulls. Fucking grabbed me by the bulls. My balls didn't even drop yet. They had me by the bulls. I saw Shawn Michaels. I knew how fucking cool he was. I saw Pamela Anderson when he got the girl. I saw all the colors and the bright lights and the neon mechanisms, the same reasons that I put leopard print on everywhere, everything I wore in pro wrestling. Because when you are at Walmart and you see a leopard print shower curtain and you tweet it at me and you say, oh, this made me think of you, or you tweet a pair of leopard print Vans shoes because... Let me be honest, when I got into this shits, okay, Leopard wasn't as popping as it is now, but I took a page out of Snooky's book because Jersey Shore was a popping show when I got signed to the WWE and I made a video that went viral shitting on the Jersey Shore cast and that video that went viral on Barstool Sports got me a tryout in WWE. I never wrestled a match in my life, but I had this marketing mechanism down pat. Be cool like Shawn Michaels. Put a little bit of leopard print on everything you own. Therefore, when wrestling fans see leopard print, they will think of you. I just infiltrated your subconscious mind through marketing. But this is all around you at every waking turn in society. And if you're a young pro wrestler or anyone for that matter, if you brand yourself, because this is branding, you know, I branded myself with shit that was already popular. Star Wars, popping. I'm Smack Talker Skywalker, right? Jordans, the Michael Jordan of jargon, wearing the freshest J's every single time I'm on TV. Truth be told, at this point in my life, I don't give a fuck about shoes. <laughs> I don't. Been there, done that. Jordan made me J's and I ain't in the NBA. And, you know, I'm always DTF, but you're going to need to sign an NDA. Down to fight. I'm down to fight. I'm always down to fight. You want to fucking fight? Put your dukes up. I'll put one right in between your hands on your fucking schnozzle. Break your nose. How you doing, okay? So, um, yeah, I, did, I didn't expect to go off onto a tangent into marketing and mechanisms by where which society has, has derived itself from. Some of these things seem like nuances that are so subtly abrupt to me. I, I see them everywhere, and I, and I know it, but I feel like I frequently speak with people that operate at my frequency to where which my circle's small and I don't let squares in it. If you're a box, get out of there. No boxes, okay? But my circle has people that think like me, that speak like me, and understand the things that I understand. But sometimes I forget that a lot of my fans, maybe they just don't listen to this, maybe they don't, haven't been exposed to it, and they definitely don't expect it coming from a guy like me, more than likely, because the persona that I put on in pro wrestling was so justified by the locker room and the environment that I had walked into where Undertaker was the leader of the locker room, a dead man who was actually alive, and you know that this thing ain't real, but we can't let the world know how it works. And it's just a big blunderfuck of, you know, something called kayfabe. And wrestling fans know what kayfabe is, but so many of my fans don't. And what is my fan? Bro, my fan is the casual viewer of pro wrestling, not the guy who's watching Monday Night Raw and tweeting at every single thing that happens with a hashtag. 
It is your grandma who watched wrestling with you and has since passed away that I gave a moment to that means more to me than any wrestling fan who has something to say about the technicality of what it is that we do. Because quite frankly, I use that term a lot because I'm a big Frank Sinatra fan and I, you know, I got the sauce, you know, muscles marinara. If you're not a fucking fan of Waffle House, you can go fuck yourself. You know how many good meals brothers had on the road at Waffle House? A little waffle. I didn't eat waffles from Waffle House unless it got blueberries in it. And those blueberries ain't real. Those are a real um, processed blueberry. I don't know. what is it a dried blueberry? You ever, you ever had a blueberry waffle at Waffle House? Is that a freeze-dried blueberry? I don't know what the fuck it is, but I always ask for extra if I go that route. Give me all the blueberries you got. I want more blueberry than I want waffle on that thing. I want it to be more blue than it is yeller. I want a blueberry waffle with all the Waffle House dried fruit, blueberry, processed, raisin, whatever the fuck that thing is. Those things are incredible. They should make a vanilla ice cream with all that shit in it. As a matter of fact... That's what I want. I want to go to Waffle House next time. I bet they serve ice cream. I'll get a vanilla scoop, and I'll tell them, drop all them blueberry gimmicks they got because them things ain't blueberries. Whatever they are, they're incredible. And I'm addicted to this stuff, and that's why I say these things. Uh, you're looking at a body fueled by gas station food, okay? If you are what you eat, I would be a pilot. I should be flying fucking airplanes because – Late nights on the road and wrestling, you just want to get to the next city and you're all huffing caffeine to stay awake at the wheel at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock a.m., going from 200, 300 miles in between each shot. And you, if you're me, I'm not like the other brothers who pack a meal, maybe got a wife, you know. I'm happy to say I lived the dream and it was probably yours. I'm still living it. No kids, mid-30s, nailed it. Nailed it. Word to Jesus. God is good. I've had a hell of a run here. And I know, I know that when I was on the road and it would come late nights, I was banking on that Marriott to have me a DiGiorn, microwavable DiGiorn, maybe a little Russell Stover. Maybe a little Russell Stover, and sometimes I get impatient with the Stover, and I pop that macaroni brick out before the fucking middle cooks all the way, and you got them shards of glass of a of a frozen meal that, you know, it looks like Stone Cold Steve Austin just walked in and shattered a fucking wall when he walked in right on top of your macaroni and cheese inside of that little Russell Stover. On the outside, the edges are cooked, but the middle is like a fucking brick of macaroni and cheese. I'll eat that bitch with my hand. I'm addicted to these. I, I, I'm from Jersey. Well, you can get the best pizza in the world, right? Jersey, New York City, Connecticut, whatever one you want to fuck with. I am a stuffed crust or bust Pizza Hut all the way. Addicted to whatever is in Pizza Hut, I know for a fact. I haven't had it in so long. Because, you know, whenever I have a hard time and I'm thinking about eating Pizza Hut, one of my many addictions like licorice, I, I fuck with Twizzler heavy. 
and and not just a Twizzler. I love, love, love a sour licorice. If you didn't know that Sour Patch Kids um, Sweet Tart Rope is licorice, now you know. That's technically licorice. I love me a fucking Sweet Tart Rope. Got a little... I don't even know what that shit is that's in the middle, but I'm addicted to it hands down, hands down. I can't say no to that, especially when they put them at the front of the register at your local 7-Eleven or your local Walgreens or your local fucking shithole, CVS, whatever one of those it is. Quick gas station stop. I fueled up at a gas station, and then I would go inside and fuel up on gas station foods. And I didn't, wasn't very picky, and I love fast food as much as anybody. My mom fed me this shit as a kid. I don't blame her now. She was she was fooled by the marketing mechanisms. We're, we're you know... When you see people that are easily influenced in society, like people who allow one person to ruin their day or the thought of one person to stir them into a frenzy or one person to make them fight with their own family, one person to, and I'm speaking about politics. If you, if you get into that world, miss me with all that shit. I don't care who you vote for, what you do. Are you a good person? Where's your heart at? If you're going to let this shit stir you up, me and you don't share much in common. I don't want to go down that road. You know what I mean? Do you enjoy a fucking fast food or what? Can me and you share something in common right now? Top five favorite fast food. Number one, everybody knows. Everybody knows. Chick-fil-A is number fucking one. Am I, I got some guys here. Chick-fil-A, number one fast food in the world? Filet? I would say, yeah. What do you guys make of Big Mac sauce? You fuck with it? It's fucking disgusting. Fucking disgusting. Wouldn't feed it to my dog, okay? And I wouldn't feed him fast food because he deserves better than that anyway. The shit, I, I, I'll cook for my dog. He's seven years old going strong. Got hips. Like, he's fucking three still. You know what I'm saying? And and that's because I keep him lubricated and primed up with some good fucking food. And we don't we don't feed that horse shit, you know. I, know. I know there's been hard times over the past seven years. My dog has seen me through hard times. We had to crack an egg every once in a while, drop it in the bowl, you know. But would you rather feed your dog an egg or some of that dry food bullshit that they're feeding dogs? So, yeah, um... Top five favorite fast food, Chick-fil-A being number one, hands down. If you eat Del Taco, you're a fat fuck, and you probably live in the South. Del Taco is one of the worst. If you do a Carl's Jr., you fucking, you had a Carl's Jr., did you? Bro, Carl's Jr. is absolute trash. That's the bottom of the barrel white trash bullshit, okay? I like a Popeye. And I'm not going in order right now because my number one being Chick-fil-A, I don't know if you could really go against the Golden Arches as to not put them in the top two, three. And, you know, like, because they're fries. You ever look at what's in the French fries? It's funny because we are aware of this, okay? But they got us by the bulls. We don't even have a choice. They started putting toys in in the meal when we were kids. Forget it. You know, all I wanted was a fucking toy. I'll eat whatever comes with it. And... They got that taste of that French fry and that toy that it came with. And, you know, your parents want to settle a crying child real quick. And you're as a 
lunatic child as I am with the ADD going and the, the, the you know the Ritalin prescription and the fucking Adderall prescription, whatever the hell else they wanted to pump me up with. You're lucky I was chemically predisposed at like eight years old with 40 millis of Ritalin, willing me to meddle in pills that would kill you, but I popped them like Skittles. And I did not get into pills as an adult. I'm thankful for marijuana that it, it prevented me. I would like to give it some credit here. Like, I went into a route of weed, and all my friends who got into pills are dead. They're gone. Every one of them. There's still the psychopath friends that I have that got into the uppers that still hop on the moving truck at, like, 6 a.m. after a night at Webster Hall in New York City. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Somehow those guys are still going. Their ticker might be working in overtime. I don't know how long they're going to last, but they survived the 30s. You know what I mean? I got friends that got into pills that didn't get out of the 20s. Hands down. Many, many friends. Shout out all my dead homies. Uh, Jeff, Timmy, you know, Bobby, Andy. These these are some of my best friends. And why did they get into this shit? Well, doctors prescribe you pills. They must be okay. Your mom takes pills. The doctor gave them to her. They must be okay. And then you go into the fucking pill cabinet. Look at where we are today. Holy smokes. Pill epidemic. All these fucking problems. Marijuana should be legal in all 50 states. And it should be the chosen drug of choice before drinking. We, You know, we, like 18, 19, 20, 21. You can't legally have a drink at 18 i think that's probably ridiculous you could go kill a man in the military you can put a gun on your back at 18 years old be shot and get shot at but you can't have a fucking beer when you get home at the bar with your dad that's insane it's 18 years old in england and all these places i've been all over these countries where drinking age is 18 you know uh that's 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 but you know we got all these issues with you know uh, drinking and driving and this, that, and the third. But Uber, obviously, look at that. That that was a major, you know, reprieve from probably a lot of drunken accidents. I hope so. I think so. And marijuana. I wonder how it's really going to work when you get a DUI. What is the cop going to prove? You just went to the dispensary. You got a joint at the dispensary, and now the joint's, you know been smoked but he didn't see you smoking it and the car smells like it but fuck i got this thing here from the dispenser i mean I, I don't know how that's all gonna work out for him but i'll tell you what happens to me every time i've ever been pulled over by a cop target demographic pro wrestling 1835 male testosterone driven men typically family men police officers police officers wives children Pretty American, you know, pretty much your fucking average and average testosterone driven male uh, is, is, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I hate to be the one to say it, but I probably wouldn't have much luck getting pulled over by a female cop. Thank gosh. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know. But I've been pulled over by many, many a cop, male cop over the years. I've done a lot of traveling and if you've driven as much as I have 200 300 miles in between each show you're going to get pulled over here and there especially when you got out of state plates and every time I get pulled over by police I tell them immediately who I am I have my Instagram up my license 
and my fucking registration in my lap with both of my hands on the steering wheel. Let them know I'm not a threat immediately. And I am in great spirits. Hey, how you doing, officer? I'm, I'm pro wrestler Enzo Amore. I was in the WWE for seven years. I got a couple titles around my way. Here I am on my Instagram. Up, oh, This is me. I'm not a threat. I'm not here doing anything illegal. But uh, maybe you have a police officer who's on duty right now. If you buzz him in, he'd be getting a big kick out of the fact you pulled over Enzo Amore. Every single time, like fucking clockwork. See, there's benefits to fame outside of getting a free drink at the bar. And, you know, meeting friends all over the world. This is the this is the number one for me, probably. I've gotten out of so many speeding tickets and shit. And I'm not that I'm a you know a dangerous driver, but you know, yeah, well, listen, okay. Get pulled over every single time another cop pulls up. You see, they're talking outside their vehicle. Then they both walk up. Maybe one's on one door, one's on the other. Cop will walk up and go, "How you doing?" <laughs> And every single time I get out of the ticket because a cop doesn't want to take his kid to Disney on ice. He wants to take him to the wrestling match. He's a testosterone-driven, you know, dad of a family man, typically. And that's our target demographic. Military folk as well, right? And and, and especially in the South. So um, I've had good luck with police. Shout out everybody. You know, blue lives matter. Black lives matter. Fecal matter. End of day. Everybody's a piece of shit. Everybody's a piece of shit. And everybody knows. EA don't owe you nothing. The only vowel I'm concerned about is I. And while there is no I in team, there certainly is an EA. There's also an EA in real. And you have just listened to The Realist Champs Podcast. How you doing? Got my balls in my